Mr. Reagan reads Zero Hedge. Mr. Reagan. What is Zero Hedge? So Zero Hedge is a news aggregate website. You can sign up for it and they will email you like a list of articles that you can read. And all these articles tend to reference news from other sites around the internet. I don't know how these people find such interesting stories, but it's like my favorite place to read news from online. In fact, at one point I had a plan that all of my videos would just be Zero Hedge stories that I went in and did a deep dive investigation uh, into. However, the problem with uh, having a YouTube channel like this is that it's very, very difficult to cover all the stuff you want to all the time, right? So there's, and there's so much stuff going on in the news right now that I have to kind of limit the stuff that I do to like two or three subjects, which is really frustrating for me because I, I'm so interested in so many different things. So what I tend to cover are the politics of like the president and that sort of stuff. I also like to ridicule uh, leftist craziness. That's something that's that's fairly typical that I like to do. And then I found so much success doing investigations into AOC and the squad that there is something of a forced focus in that area, although I don't, I'm not hugely fond of it. Um, so those are the kind of the three things politically that I, I tend to zero in on. The president ridiculing the left and AOC and the squad. So the other, th- the other two things that I tend to do are... Um, Jordan Peterson, obviously. I like to analyze Jordan Peterson stuff. And The View. <laughs> I really hate The View. I think it's the worst show on television. Um, and apparently a lot of other people agree with me. Because if I do a, an analysis into the kind of nonsense that they're spouting, it does tend to get a good reaction. So I will do occasionally an episode called I Hate The View. I now call it I Love The View to try to avoid the censorship. Hey, come on, Aston, come on. All right, before we get too much into it, I want to introduce you to something very, very cool. Nope, nope, you are not allowed up there. Raid Shadow Legends. This game is the most addictive game I have ever played in my life. (laughs) The graphics, the animation, insane. Like, way better than I ever expected from a game that you would play on your phone. And the sound effects are intense, and the sort of orchestral music in the background is beautiful. It's all just beautifully crafted. It's an amazing game. Now, why is it so addictive? There's something very satisfying about the battles that you engage in. The sound effects and the and the animations, it's just a lot of fun. I'm very, very impressed with, with the quality that they've been able to achieve here, especially for a phone game that happens to be for free. You, you just go download this onto your phone and then you play it for free. You know, every once in a while I'm working I'm just like, I need a break. And I'll just go lie on the bed and I'll either watch Fox News or I'll turn on the game and I'll start playing the game. It really is a sort of like a de-stressing fun thing to do when you just need a, a break. Now this is what the developers have said about the game. Raid has all the features you'd expect from a brand new RPG title like the amazing storyline, awesome 3D graphics, giant boss fights, PvP battles, which is player versus player, and hundreds of champions to collect and to customize, but I never expected to get this level of performance out of a mobile game. That's a very dry way of expressing some of the attributes of this game and how awesome it is. I don't think it quite conveys how good this game is. Apparently, 10 million players worldwide have downloaded the game in just the last six months. And 300,000 of those people have reviewed the game, and it has an almost perfect score. So clearly, I'm not the only one who likes this thing. Now, here's an example of the amazing graphics and the detail on these champions, right? These are the guys that you play the game with and you build. What do I mean by build? Well, you have the ability to 
personally customize and choose the artifacts and design a unique mastery build for each one of these champions. Artifacts are like a shield or a sword, right? Basically weapons and armor. They call them artifacts in the game. And apparently the highly anticipated Faction War feature is now live, and there is a new awesome rewards program for new players. Basically, every day that you log in for the first 90 days, you'll get a little prize. And I've been doing this, and it's it's kind of nice to get a little bump every time that you start the game. You'll find me in the game under Sir Reagan. Yeah, I, I did that. <laughs> so click on the link in the description, and you will get 50,000 silver and a free epic champion. Good luck, and I will see you there. Now that we're done with that, let's read Zero Hedge. Before I read these, I, I want you guys to all, at, at some point, maybe after this video, you can go now if you want, I don't care, go to Glenn Beck's video on YouTube about Ukraine, okay? Uh, just type in Glenn Beck, Ukraine. Watch his video. I know a lot of you guys don't like Glenn Beck because I think he was uh, kind of anti-Trump for a little while, but he's a Trump supporter now, and uh, honestly, he's brilliant. People who have dismissed Glenn Beck need to take another look at him. He's a really, really, really good guy. And he's got very smart researchers, and he presents all this stuff very well. Uh, it's very, very complicated, the whole Ukraine stuff, but he's got a better grasp on it than most people, and he gets into stuff that you will not hear about anywhere else. So I very highly recommend everybody go watch that video, Glenn Beck, Ukraine. All right, let's read Zero Hedge. You know what, I'm going to read it over here. Adult White House official visibly shaken by Trump Zelensky call that we all read. <laughs> At first I was confused why they wrote adult uh, in the headline here, but then I realized it's because what grown human would be visibly shaken by that phone call? Because we all read it. It's not horribly shocking. I mean, there's nothing to cause, you know, physical convulsion. Maybe a child might be confused and be scared, but an adult human should not be visibly shaken by this. A White House official was, quote-unquote, visibly shaken after listening to President Trump's July 25th phone call with President uh, of Ukraine, which we all read. According to the New York Times, the official was visibly shaken by what had transpired. The CIA officer wrote in his memo one day after uh, Mr. Trump quote-unquote, pressured Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine. In a, He spells his name weird, Volodymyr, but he doesn't actually... Ukrainians and Russians call him Vladimir. They don't say Volodymyr, so I don't know why. Everybody calls him Vladimir, so I don't know. July 25th phone call to open an investigation that would benefit him politically, right? That's the left's <laughs> perspective on this. A palpable sense of concern had already taken hold amongst at least some of the White House that the call had veered well outside the bounds of traditional diplomacy, the officer wrote. The curious thing, and I, I think this is why they put this in Zero Hedge, is that the New York Times felt that this was an appropriate story to put in the New York Times, right? It's bizarre because it's just somebody's reaction to something. It's like as if I called my friend Amanda. I was like, I don't think this Trump thing, this Trump Ukraine thing is a big deal. And she was like, no, I think it's a big deal. I thought, really? You think it's a big deal? We should put that in the New York Times. <laughs> Why is one person's reaction to what happened? Look, we've all read the transcript. We all know what was said in the phone call. Is my reaction important enough to be put in the New York Times? Is the First Lady, is? I mean, she's an important person, right? Is her reaction important enough to put in the... I think probably Mike Pence didn't care. Should we put an article talking about how little Mike Pence cared about the phone call? Is that... I think they like the term visibly shaken. I think they, that's why the New York Times... 
Times wrote this story, it's going to be like, ooh, visibly shaken. That, that, that's very evocative, right? That will, that will make readers think, ooh, what Trump did was bad. <laughs> this is just like a, a leftist ploy to make Trump look bad. It's, ter- it's a terrible thing. The New York Times should be ashamed of themselves for writing this article. It's unbelievably just political biased garbage. Chinese citizens will be required to scan their faces to use the internet. The Chinese government continues its Orwellian practices with the announcement that citizens will have to use facial recognition technology to access the internet, which is already highly firewalled. Uh, Before finishing this, I have to go on my iPhone here and text somebody. Okay. Great. It's let me in by facial recognition. But the difference, obviously, is that this is an innocent company called Apple who are not at all leftists. And uh, the Chinese government, who is communist and horrible and authoritarian. Honestly, I think most of these left-wing companies are awful and horrible and authoritarian as well. Even the one that I kind of work for, YouTube. But the Chinese government is much, much scarier, clearly. Let me read some more of this article. This is all a part of China's social credit system that will take effect on December 1st. This is actually quite terrifying. Everything you do, what you buy, how you behave, is tracked. The government gives you a score. And the score is a measure of how trustworthy you are as a citizen and determines what you're allowed to do. Boarding a train, getting a mortgage, all goes back to this score. The scores go from 350 to 950. Buy clothes or diapers, it's good. A lot of alcohol, too many video games, not so good. You start with a thousand points. You lose points for things like jaywalking, littering, tossing cigarette butts, or spreading rumors. Cameras do a lot of the surveillance work. And each night, local TV shows the surveillance highlights of the day. And then there's Joanne. She's an information collector, a paid enforcer. Like the man who carried a drunk person home. Things like this are good deeds, she said. But the farmer overheard swearing and being rude. Yeah, bad deeds. Being discredited makes it hard to get a job, a loan, a hotel room, or put kids in certain schools. Then there's the public shaming. Photo galleries of blacklisted citizens. There's even an app that shows who around you is in debt. Of all the video surveillance cameras on the planet right now, nearly half of them are in China. They can do more than just see. They actually understand who they're seeing. After the law is in effect, Chinese citizens who want to have the internet installed in their house or on their smartphones will be required to undergo a facial recognition process by Chinese authorities to prove their identities, according to the new regulation. This is significant because now the Chinese government will use the internet to rate citizens based on their daily behavior online. Whew, that is... <laughs> that is about as authoritarian as it gets. Since 2015, Chinese citizens have been required to show their ID cards while applying for a landline or the internet. This new law is put in place to verify that the ID belongs to the person that's applying for the services. You know what? I don't know how this technology is going to work in China anyway, because all Chinese people look the same. Oh, y'all look alike. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was too easy of a joke. Oh, man, I'm going to get kicked off YouTube for that. Trust me, Chinese people think white people all look the same, too. Many, many have told me this. It's true. All right. Trudeau rumored to be in talks to suppress potentially career-ending sex scandal. I love this. I, I don't love that Trudeau committed statutory rape. I don't love that. I think that's terrible. What I love is that 
it looks like he might be screwed because I do not like Trudeau at all. I think he is a complete, you know, POS, as they say. All right, here. Somehow the Liberal Party has managed to minimize the blowback from Justin Trudeau's blackface scandal. And with two weeks to go until Election Day is still well within the margin of error in most polls. The blackface thing, I I just think the whole blackface thing is so stupid. That's not a racist thing. I'm sorry. Painting your face black is not racist. Okay, yeah, it harkens back to some minstrel stuff that is perceived to be racist today. Who knows if people really perceived it as racist back then or if the intention was racist. Who knows? But certainly sometimes, not others. I mean, go back and listen to Amos and Andy. And and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You remember the golden rule? Oh, yes, sir. Well, that means that we must keep the golden rule and do unto others as we would want them to do unto us. Amos and Andy, two of the most amazing black characters in all of fiction, very, very good people with a good heart, taught a lot of Americans very, very good lessons, voiced by two white guys. It was totally two white guys. The writers were all right, were all white. The actors were white. Everybody was white. I mean, it was total blackface from beginning to end, and it cast black people in the most beautiful light you've ever seen. It was, if nothing else, it actually improved relations between black and white people. So blackface is not necessarily black thing. It's so stupid that people are obsessed with this. But the irony is that it's the left that's obsessed with it, and Justin Trudeau is guilty of it, and they don't seem to care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, carrying on with the article. But there might be another scandal in the works. Come on, Aston, come on. Hey, hey. But there might be another scandal in the works. According to a report in the Buffalo Chronicle, the party is doing everything in its power to suppress a sex scandal involving Trudeau and the daughter of a wealthy Canadian businessman who Trudeau reportedly may have been involved with when she was a student at West Point Grey Academy, a, a prestigious private school where Trudeau worked as a substitute teacher in his 20s. <laughs> oh, man. I, I hope this destroys his career. He is such a virtue signaling prick. Hillary rockets into third place unpredicted as rumors swirl over 2020 run. This is important. I haven't even really read through the article, but this is important, and I'll tell you why it's important. Predicted is a, like a gambling website, right? And gambling websites that deal with politics are, are great indicators uh, of what's going to happen, great predictors of what's going to happen politically, because uh, people aren't doing polls. They're not uh, trying to, like, you know, read the tea leaves. They're actually betting money on who they genuinely think is going to win or lose, right? They have something at stake. A normal, like uh, somebody who's being polled about who do you think is going to win, you know, Hillary or Trump, they're just going to say whatever the heck they want. They don't, they don't, they have nothing at stake. But a gambler, they have money at stake, real money. So it's a really good indicator of things to happen politically. This is something I learned off of uh, Stossel, John Stossel's uh, TV show that he had on, on Fox. It's like a stock market for elections. And like stocks, candidates' chances change constantly. In a bar or at a party, people often make bold statements. You're talking, you're pontificating, and somebody challenges you and says, you want to bet on that? And all of us, as soon as somebody says, you want to bet on that, we pause and we go, do I really believe that? If you put your money where your mouth is, you are more careful. And when lots of people put their money on the line on sites called prediction markets, it turns out that competitive prediction markets like this are much more accurate than polls. Consistently, 
test after test, the markets forecasted elections more accurately than polls. In 2012, when these candidates surged to first place in polls, the prediction markets correctly said, no, Romney will win. It also correctly predicted results in most every state. In 2012, every state but one. The market is consistently as accurate or more accurate than the other sources. You can take that to the bank. He's off Fox now. He's with Reason. But he's still a great person to watch on YouTube. If you haven't been watching Stossel's Reason magazine videos on YouTube, you should check those out. So John Stossel turned me on to this Predict It thing. I was using Predict It during the 2016 election to try to figure out whether or not Donald Trump was going to win or was it going to be Hillary. And they had it completely wrong. This is the first time I think Predict It had ever had it so unbelievably wrong. It was like Trump, 3% chance of winning. Hillary, 90 percent chance of winning and then hillary of course got crushed and it was like wow okay predict it was for the first time i think really really horribly wrong so i stopped trusting that as an indicator <laughs> i realized a lot of the people who were betting were biased or didn't have all the facts and in this particular case if people believe that hillary is going to run and win i mean what a great way to make money right now like if you have some extra money and you want to place a bet, I think this is a very, very good bet. I mean, I would go to predict it. I would put some money down against Hillary. And then when she lost, I mean, you're going to make a bunch of money, right? Or she's not even going to lo- She's not even going to run, okay? So when it becomes clear that she's not going to run and she stops being in third place, obviously, uh, you're just going to make a good a good amount of money. But let's, let's have a look at the, the article here. The odds of Hillary Clinton entering the 2020 presidential race and winning the Democrat nomination jumped to third place per predicted as rumors swirled that she She'll be back to take another bite at the apple. Notably, former Trump chief strategist Steve Bannon told Fox News last week, Fox Business, sorry, last week, uh, she is running. She's just trying to decide how to fit her way in. On Monday, a Rasmussen poll had Hillary neck and neck with President Trump in a hypothetical rematch, despite a majority, 71% responding that she shouldn't run. Hillary is healthier than uh, Bernie, less self-defeating than Biden, and lies less than Warren. (laughs) Spread the word, Hillary must run. Uh, This was a uh, tweet by Michael Berry. President Trump, meanwhile, is trolling the whole idea, tweeting on Tuesday, I think that crooked Hillary Clinton should enter the race and should try to steal it away from uber-left Elizabeth Warren. Only one condition. The crooked one must explain all of her high crimes and misdemeanors, including how and why she deleted 33,000 emails after getting classified subpoena. (laughs) I love Donald Trump. (laughs) All right, let's have a look here. CIA whistleblower assisted by James Clapper Associate. A CIA officer who worked with former Vice President Joe Biden flipped out when he found out that Trump wanted Biden investigated and submitted an embellished whistleblower complaint with the help of Democratic operative attorneys was assisted by Inspector General for the Intelligence Community, Charles McCullough. I love how this... I love how... The guy goes by Tyler Durden. I don't know who he really is. I like the guy who uh, writes these zero hedge stuff. He's a funny guy. Charles McCullough. Charles McCullough uh, worked for President Obama's Director of National Intelligence and current CNN talking head James Clapper. Uh, According to reporting by The Federalist and retweeted by the president, McCullough is a partnered attorney at Compass Rose Legal Group and assisted Andrew Bakai, a former staffer of both Chuck Schumer and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, 
Uh, the Federalist reached out to Mr. McCullough for comment on his work with the whistleblower, to which he replied, I am not part of the whistleblower legal team. I assisted with process issues for Andrew at, at the very beginning and then withdrew. Still, it's extremely hard to trust the account of the whistleblower with their connections to so many people who hate President Trump. In addition, it has been reported that the initial whistleblower is directly associated with Joe Biden. Exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, this is just more evidence to support the fact that these two whistleblowers are very much leftists tied in with leftist political campaigns, tied in with the anti-Trump crowd. I mean, this is all just obviously a very political attempt to oust Trump. This is not news, but it's nice that it supports the reality that this is all just a BS witch hunt. Okay, next article. Shepard Smith out at Fox News. Honestly, this was so good news. Because I've been tweeting about this like, why is Shepard Smith on Fox News? Now, look, I, I don't have anything against Shepard Smith personally. Like, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure if I met him at a party or something, he would be very amiable and we'd get along just fine. But for an hour a day... Fox News turns into CNN, and that's his fault. I'm, you know, I watch TV at different times during the day because I have to watch a lot of news. I have to read a lot of news. I have to do a lot of research for my show. So I have news on all the time. It's often Fox. Sometimes it's CNN. Sometimes it's MSNBC. Sometimes it's BBC. Whatever it is that I feel like I need to watch that day. Now, if I feel like I need to watch CNN, I will turn the channel to CNN. If I would like to watch Fox, I will turn the channel to Fox. Okay. I do not want when I turn the channel to Fox for it to be CNN. Okay. And that's what would happen for one hour every day for the past, however, you know, many years because of Shep Smith. All right. Now that he's gone, we can fill that hour with reason and rationality, right? We can bring somebody sensible into that time slot. Ah, thank you, Shep Smith, for leaving. I don't know who they're going to fill it with, but you know what? Fox, sky's the limit. All right. Let's read the article. Despite a palpable shift to the left at Fox News, Okay, I don't know what that means. I haven't I haven't really noticed that, but okay. The very liberal Shepard Smith is stepping down from his role as chief news anchor and managing editor at the network after a public spat with host Tucker Carlson. According to Smith, he's leaving to begin, quote, a new chapter in his career. And his last day at the anchor desk will be today. Now, I read about this. I, I looked into it a little bit. And the spat between Shep Smith and Tucker Carlson was... Nothing. I mean, it was incredibly insignificant. I mean, it was essentially a difference of opinion. I mean, it was not particularly sweet and cozy, but it it wasn't brutal. I mean, it wasn't particularly harsh or cruel. And I know that Shep Smith is a gay man, and there's this sort of like a traditional stereotype of the gay man as a sort of a thin-skinned, effete-type weakling. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. He can't go in there. It's all right, dude. It's all right. Oh. Pierre. But I don't think Shep Smith is that thin-skinned. I think that he can take a little bit of criticism from Tucker Carlson. So I think that this uh, a theory that this is why Shep Smith is leaving, I, I don't think that's right. I, I, don't, I don't think so. I suspect that perhaps, you know, maybe there's a medical issue. Maybe he's, maybe he's just tired of his job. I, I don't know. I don't know why he's leaving. Um, I'd like to know. I think that I, it's interesting to me. I'm happy he's out. Um, but I have no ill will towards Shep Smith in particular, and I hope he's doing well, uh, and I hope, he, I hope he does great. 
I just don't want him on Fox News. <laughs> maybe as a guest. Maybe as a guest. All right. Final story. Protester spits in face of Trump supporter during Vice interview. This was pretty gross. Okay. Minnesota nice turned into Minnesota nasty quickly Thursday during a Vice interview outside President Trump's rally in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as Dave Carlson, a, s- a salesman in Minnesota, calmly shared why he donates to President Trump's campaign. A protester spat in a MAGA hat wearing Trump supporters' face and kept walking by. Oh, nice, Carlson commented while keeping his cool and wiping off his face, saying, I'm fine, I'm fine. While two other protesters apologized to Carlson, another decided to help by explaining that Carlson deserved it because of his hat, saying that that is disrespectful. (laughs) You know what? Let's actually watch the clip. In 2016, something that the president was really proud of in his campaign was that it was self-funded and that he had a lot of small... Oh, nice. So sorry. Are you okay? I'm sorry. I'm fine. Are you serious? I'm fine. I'm sorry that happened. It's not how, really, that's not how people really feel. That's disrespectful. But on the other hand, that is disrespectful as Sorry. So there's a difference. Sorry. Yeah, I, I respect your opinion. I didn't do that. <laughs> That's all right. You have a better attitude about that than well, I Well, I'm telling you, you know. Uh, Does that surprise you? Oh, that did surprise me a little bit. Doesn't surprise me. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just that they know so much. That isn't so. Good night. Those who would trade our freedom for the soup kitchen of the welfare state have told us they have a utopian solution of peace without victory. They call their policy accommodation. This is the issue of this election. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves.